this is episode 14. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. Hello, and thanks for listening. Today, we're going to talk about the Napa Quake and the unique needs that community had and how the state was able to facilitate the recovery process to keep the wine flowing, mitigating losses. We're also going to delve into the merging of science and technologies and how emergency managers and responders are using free apps to enhance their abilities. We sit down with Jody Travisero. Who is she? Find out right now. Uh, Who am I? Yes, who are you? The who said it well. I have the great pleasure of being a regional administrator of the coastal region in the Governor's Office of Emergency Services, which, of course, is the most beautiful part of our state. It is. But the title itself is a little ambiguous, a regional administrator. Mm -hmm. What does that entail? What does that mean? Well, it means we... uh, we support local government in their uh, all phases of emergency management, but it's a, it's much more than that. It's it's really um, understanding the culture and the community that we serve, and really um, not only following the protocols that we've um, so diligently sort of defined in how we respond in all types of emergencies, um, but it's also really responding in a way that that is more targeted and specific to meet the needs of the community. So. Um, you know, I live and breathe the air just like uh, our law and fire uh, first responders, you know, in Contra Costa County. And I serve 16 counties and 151 cities, but I travel all along the coast to, you know, kind of understand how I can sort of plug in and support um, our communities, you know. So you make a lot of contact Tons. With, with those folks who live in your community and yeah. uh, who are in in the response field as well as mm-hmm. those who are not. Mm. Yes, I um, I definitely meet with uh, countless sort of first, the, the emergency managers for the county, uh, and of course elected officials and nonprofits and uh, business owners and um, FEMA, right? Yeah. State and local representation mm-hmm. uh, throughout my region. Is this a 24-7 job? It absolutely is. Um the, the occupation of emergency management and really any uh, government official relies on relationship building as a key uh, as a key skill set to really achieve anything. So, in the very least, emergency managers have to be um, have to have certain personal characteristics. Um, before Which are? What, so <laughs> what what characteristics do you bring to the table that allows you mm. to perform your job at a high level? Mm. I would say. Uh, uh, relationship building is probably the most important um, uh, abil- competency, you know, that emergency managers as a whole bring to the table. In fact, we always say, you know, it's all about relationships. That's kind of a motto in emergency management. Mm-hmm. Because when when crisis hits, you know, you need to be able to um, make that phone call to that individual who'll know your voice and you know where to call, and and you're it's it's someone you can trust and someone that 
you know, you can reach out to 24-7. They're not going to turn off their phone when you call, right? They're going right. to say, Jody, what do you need? Yeah. You know, or vice versa. I'm going to say, what right. do you need? Mm-hmm. So the last crisis that uh, you had to reach out and contact somebody, the last big one for you was what? The last big one, I guess it could be anything from a drought response to the Napa earthquake to we had two atmospheric rivers that came through the Bay Area in December of 2014 and February 2015. So, um Atmospheric river. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like just Did you get your meteorology degree? You know, I didn't, it but sure I sure had like it. Okay, so our relationships with NOAA and yeah. the National Weather Service, uh mm-hmm. we have fantastic relationships and we do uh you know, these uh amazing sort of cross discipline, cross jurisdiction right. briefings, you know, before anything happens or even during. So that was a pretty big deal. Uh I was out in it, um, as was Eric Lamoureux and, mm-hmm. you know, your your counterpart mm-hmm. for Inland, mm-hmm. uh, you were out in it as well. You bet. In fact, the coast was probably, you know, hit pretty hard with the atmospheric river. Is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, I think initially we were expecting 12 to 15 inches, I think, on that one. Mm-hmm. I think in the, the following one in February, I think we even got up 22 inches up on the north coast. So That's it was just insane. huge. Yeah. yeah, it was. And, you know, storms like these you know, cause a lot of damage. Like in Lake County, uh, you know, it exacerbates, you know, previous problems. You know, we've we've just come out of a great recession, as you know. So um, many road repairs, you know, have been patched as opposed to sort of redone maybe. Mm-hmm. So these types of storms can have tremendous impact on infrastructure and people's homes and drinking water, right? So right. even when, um, you know, things flood, I mean, things go down the storm drain, you know, it's just it can cause environmental issues as well. So, so some of the issues that you had to tackle with regard to, let's say, that storm, um, mm-hmm. that December series of storms that we got, mm-hmm. um, what were you challenged with at that point? Uh, we had, uh, at the time, I believe we had nine counties activate simultaneously, mm-hmm. and we needed to send a representative to each of those counties to make sure we uh, communicated and coordinated across the region. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and during that time, I think we also had school closures across the board, and we assisted with public safety messages through your shop, Sean. Uh, and we also um, uh, coordinated mutual aid. And um, I would say an example was the California National Guard was deployed to Sonoma County, uh, and that, of course, comes through us, right? So Sonoma County said, you know, we are anticipating some flooding in the lower Russian River, and, you know, we need to preposition some assets to be able to uh, possibly – do high water rescues as an example. So your mm-hmm. particular role initially right on was to get uh, folks mobilized mm-hmm. in the field to kind of gather intel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so how did you decide who needed to go where? Uh, mm-hmm. who, who, how did you decide not only who needed to go where, but who should go where first? That's a good question. We, we happened to have had a meeting that day with all of our county emergency managers. So at that meeting we said, hey, you know, we've got this big storm coming. Um, how many of you might need a representative, you know, to kind of act as a state agency liaison back uh, to us? But um, it was, I mean, the counties are are well prepared. They have flood plans and um, pretty much all of them know when a, when a storm like this is coming, you know, when they'll activate. I mean, DWR has a fantastic sort of flood and river level online website, you know, and coordinating with NOAA, you can actually predict exactly when certain rivers will reach certain flood stage levels. And did you try to do that? We, you bet we did, yeah. How, how accurate was it? Oh, it was phenomenally accurate. Really? I mean, it's just... 
Today, we have really the merger of data science and technology helping us with making really key decisions in emergency management. So it's a good, it's an interesting time to be in the field. So you've got the technology that you can help, uh, that you can rely on to help mm-hmm. you make decisions. But it goes even before that. You were talking about the relationships that you've built, mm-hmm. as well as um, you know the contacts that you can reach out to initially. But you've also established, um, it sounds like, communication well before mm-hmm. this kind of thing happens. Mm-hmm. You anticipate, and the local counties anticipate, mm-hmm. that this is going to be a problem. So you start talking right away. You don't wait until the last minute. Oh, we, yeah, we we definitely don't wait until the last minute, except when we have these things called earthquakes that sometimes are called no-notice yeah. incidents. Yeah. You know, we, not, we don't get a lot of warning. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're, we're always grateful for our uh, weather prediction services. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we, we plan, train and exercise all the time when we're not responding. And so uh, those relationships are in place. And, you know, we always switch up scenarios when we talk about who's going to do what. And um, the, the California has really done a tremendous job at investing in preparedness. And um, like I said, this whole science, data, and technology is helping us almost uh, create images of what would happen if this happened, right? Where does California stand, in your opinion, um, if you can even go there, mm-hmm. uh, with regard to preparedness. Hmm. When you look at the other states and maybe what they've done, maybe what they haven't done, how are we in terms of how we're either leading the way, innovating, mm-hmm. um, setting the example, that kind of thing? What have you seen? Well, and you know, I'm, I, I believe California has one of the ro- most robust uh, emergency management systems in the nation. We have the standardized emergency management system and you know we've uh, we've got tremendous um, assets, of course, in uh, first response systems, whether it's fire, law, or emergency management, or emergency medical response. And and because it's a it's based on neighbor helping neighbor, and we've just really had such complex disasters over time. You know our capabilities are are robust, and uh, we are we are never not in the middle of a, an emergency somewhere. You might say, right? Yeah. So so this mutual aid system is always being used. Um, and in fact, we participate in EMAC, which of course other states uh, ask us for assets, right? Mm-hmm. So the the typing of our first responders are of the highest level, and you know I think we lead the nation, Sean. I mean, it sounds like it. Probably a little biased. Sure. I don't know. Well, yeah. no, not necessarily, <laughs> but you know, hey, the evidence is out there. I got to tell you, being new to this this industry, having come from uh, the civilian world, coming mm-hmm. into uh, OES here within the last year. Um, I've learned a lot in mm-hmm. just this first year. And what I have witnessed is the the incredible coordinated mutual aid efforts that mm-hmm. go down. Mm-hmm. Having been on the fires this past year, uh, several of them uh, witnessing what it takes to pull together and how it works mm-hmm. using SIMS, and, which, of course, is uh, – equal to NIMS, right? It is. In fact, um, I don't know if I mentioned that my last job at OES was running CSTI. And so I have a particular interest in, you know, the success of uh, training and exercises. Mm -hmm. And what an incredible program State OES has, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've gone through a lot of the training already. And it's it's mind-boggling for those of us who have never been exposed to that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. then it starts to slowly click and you go, okay, now I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand how the puzzle fits together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am impressed uh, from those folks who are the trainers. Mm-hmm. The instructors have said, you know, California is incredibly lucky to have the system that it has. Worked very hard to get it to the to where it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you're one of the cogs in that wheel. Mm, yes, definitely. Uh, the regional administrator plays the role in um, assisting with coordinating the emergency management mutual aid within the region. Uh, we have a fire coordinator. We have an emergency medical coordinator out of Alameda County specifically mm-hmm. and an emergency medical coordinator out of Alameda County. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then my office handles the, you know, what requests that come in that don't fall into those categories. So it's kind of the catch-all of everything else. So whether, as an example, um, you know, when an incident happens, um, immediately you'll have first responders be, you know, either 911 calls and then dispatch. And... Um, if it's large enough, uh, a city may activate their emergency operations center, and then maybe the county will if it's kind of multi-city. And if the county activates, then we activate our regional emergency operations center. And um, so at that time, we've you know we're recognizing that um, we might need some regional response, right? And and then we may activate our state operations center. So all these triggers contribute to sort of the um, you know. Leaning forward, because, of course, as soon as we know of an incident, the faster we respond, the faster uh, lives are saved and the impact on property is reduced. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, simultaneously, if we can have, you know, not only situational awareness is critical, right, Mm -hmm. but then a system that really supports the rapid, you know, activation and deployment of of resources and assets. And you really can't go wrong. You're doing the best you can, right? Yeah. What has been the most difficult um, uh, response that you have had to endure. Hmm. Um, and I mean endure in the sense that emotionally draining. Hmm. You go out there because, uh, you know, I've seen some of the damage from various disasters and you see the still images, you see mm-hmm. the, the photographs, the the video, and you can see it on their faces, the, mm-hmm. the, the people, the victims, those mm-hmm. who have been displaced, mm-hmm. uh, those who have lost their homes, whether it be fire, flood, you know, landslide, whatever. Um, those people are emotionally um, drained, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. How do you, as someone who has to make contact, who goes out there at some point and uh, surveys the damage yourself and talks to the community, how do you, what does it take for you to get through that? And what has been a difficult one for you? Wow. Um, three disasters come to mind when I think of sort of the devastation and heartbreak, really, mm-hmm. you know, that that's hit our communities in California. Uh, the first one was the Southern, Southern California wildfires in, I think it was October of 2007, mm-hmm. maybe late September or October. Yeah. Um, fires just kept sparking up, Sean. It was, it, it was, it was just shocking, to be honest with you. I mean, it was just fires kept sparking up. And, you know, at the time, we I think we evacuated about a million people. We did a reverse 911 at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we opened up two large shelters. One was at Qualcomm yep. and the other was at Del, Nor- uh, Del Mar Fairgrounds, I believe. And uh, you just can imagine, I mean, when when it's so big, you know, and so many homes are damaged and so many people impacted, um, it's... It's, it's, it's honestly hard. It's hard as a first responder or people that have, you know, there are many first responders who lost their homes, you know, in emergencies, so, yet they're mm-hmm. still fighting the fire, right? Yeah. So it's pretty heroic. Um, if anything, I, not only does my heart go out to the people who, you know, who, uh, who've lost, you know, precious things or people, you know, we have deaths and destruction that are just heartbreaking. Um, but it really does motivate us to do what we can you know, to maximize all possible resources, you know, to help these people. So good motivator. Oh, it's a great motivator. We, we either, you know, provide a shelter experience that, that gives them what they need, um, comfort, um, et cetera. 
um, try and get them back home as soon as we can, you know, or at least give them options. Uh, so the fires were hard. I would say the floods uh, in San Mateo County were uh, this past, uh, I think it was December, and again we had they had another, um, you know, they they had another possible flood in February again. But um, you know, people lost their homes there. You know, um, it's heartbreaking. So how know? do you how do you manage that for yourself? Oh well, how do you not go over the edge? Oh well, I think we're as emergency managers, right? We're we're and and I'll say the whole public sector in general. I mean, government is about helping people and serving right public service. So. I would say, um, you know, how I handle it is I'm, I'm motivated to help. So um, focus. you focus on listening, you know, to what people want and need and what the impact is. And then you do everything in your power, you know, to kind of represent that need and, and, and fill it as best as you can, mm-hmm. you know, as rapidly as you can. And, mm-hmm. you know, what we have learned, especially with the Napa earthquake and other, you know, uh, devastating, really, um, disaster that occurred in Napa and Solano County and American Canyon and um, Sonoma County as well, right? Um, sometimes the community, you know, may not be ever made whole, right? I mean, there are just sometimes there are losses that um, we can never repair, right? So, you know, you just, you you go out there, you do your job, you, you know, celebrate the successes of um you know, preventing further harm and prepare for the next one, right? Mm-hmm. So you use that energy and that data to say, you know, we're going to recover and uh, we're going to prepare even more. Tell me about right? the smiles and the thank yous that you get. Oh, um, well, you know, it's, we, we definitely get a lot of smiles and thank yous. You know, there's no doubt about that. Um, but as you know, it's a patchwork of people and solutions mm-hmm. and it's, um, there's, you know, there's a lot of heroes. Is my point. It's not sure. never just one, right? So, right. Um, I but was going to be heartwarming mm-hmm. for you, though. Oh, it is. When it someone is. comes up to you mm-hmm. and says, "Thank you for being here," <laughs> you know, you see the signs for the firefighters. Thank yeah. you, firefighters. You know, yeah. as you go through. But I would imagine, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it's it's great to see. And whenever I yeah. see something like that, I try to work it into one of our videos. But <laughs> but for you, you're going out there and you're meeting with those folks face to face. I would mm-hmm. imagine that it, on occasion amongst you know all the the anguish and pain on the faces you you will occasionally get a smile and, and I do thank you. I'm very I I am definitely inspired by people who are resilient mm-hmm. right who uh, may have lost everything but they're saying thank you so much mm-hmm. I still have my life you mm-hmm. know and uh, our you know our first responders are pretty amazing in California I might go out there and be thanked a lot but I'm always yeah. thanking many as well sure. in fact what I'm shocked at Sean is how many people I see out there that are um uh, you know, either, so here's an example. I was in the Napa earthquake visiting the American Red Cross shelter, right? And, and I, I'm meeting the American Red Cross volunteers, thanking them. And there was a, an emergency manager from Marin County. So here's this emergency manager in Marin that took a day off to help, um, as an American Red Cross volunteer in, in Napa at the shelter. Hmm. Do you see what I mean? So our yeah. emergency, our, our, our people out there, you know, our first responders wear many hats. Yes. If they're not working, they're volunteering, right? right, right. And so we, we really work with such an amazing um, crew of people in first response occupations, you know, that are always giving, always right. giving. So, you know, this is a big love fest, but we also know that <laughs> <laughs> because I love being here with oh, you, Jody. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm very optimistic and, yeah. you know. No, but, but, but we all know that, you know, life isn't all a love fest. Mm-hmm. We know that there are going to be those folks who don't think that 
the agency or agencies are doing enough. Mm. What do you tell those people when they come up to you and they say, how come this hasn't been done? Mm -hmm. Why haven't you done this? Hmm. How do you handle Hmm. those people? That's a good question. I, you know, um, there are times when an emergency hits and, um, I think I'm thinking this is where you go. I mean, this is like, you know, we, you know, people need to get insurance, right? People need to do what they can, you know, to prepare for emergencies, right? So at some point, you know, we, we all owe it to each other really to be prepared at a certain level and, and know exactly what our threats and hazards are and, you know, understand that, um, there may be a chance that when an earthquake hits and I may not be able to go home, I may lose my home, right? Mm-hmm. So being completely self-aware and, you know, regionally aware, you know, is kind of um, the message I preach, you know, as far as if somebody came up to me that just lost a home, which has happened, mm-hmm. and said, why aren't you helping us? I I, uh, I tend to not bring that up at that time, you might yeah, say, right? Timing is... Timing's critical. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, uh, you know... Some people get very angry, you yeah. know, when they've lost everything. So and you just sit there and just... Well, we listen and, you know, Sean, there's these, uh, there's donations management. I mean, there's things we do that, well, we're, we, we can't commit, you know, any funding, you know, to help repair private property or, you know, usually there's insurance for that. I've seen some very creative um, solutions uh, from innovative people right on these these gofundme.com accounts right so i just i think the human spirit is so innovative that uh (laughs) we we are resilient i think as as a community right the community comes together is my point so you know sometimes government isn't the you know the solution to everything but um if there's anything we've learned, the community comes together and helps one another, right? It seems to me like you try to reassure those folks who always. are... We always reassure them, but we, you know, um, sometimes they're really looking specifically for us to solve their problem, right? Mm, difficult spot to be in. Super right? difficult. Yeah. Super difficult. So it's a difficult uh, job, as many of them are. How did you get in this business to begin with? Mm. I mean, well, what path did Training. you take? Oh, good question. I, I, I actually worked... Um, I started with the state, I'll say. I'm not going to go into my uh, Levi Strauss, and, <laughs> right? See, I remember that from the last time, from take one to take two. <laughs> uh, see, you know, okay, so let's start with I did grow up in the Bay Area. So okay. being in the coastal region is definitely my hometown. Okay. So uh, my father was a fireman. My uncle's, uh, you know, uh, f- uh, law enforcement. My aunt's an emergency room nurse. So, I, And my grandfather was fired. So I really come from a, a family of first responders. It had some impact on you. I obviously. think so. Yeah. I really do. Um, and, of course, they're retired now. But they sh- they uh, uh, I sure I just learned a lot, you know, growing up around these guys. But anyways, I, you know, uh, I grew up in the Bay Area and um, ended up getting involved in um, – at the Board of Equalization, if you could believe it, it's mm. taxes. So I was doing this sort of tax mm-hmm. stuff for a good 15 years. I ended up... Um, 15 over- years? Wait yeah, a minute. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I um, I, I, I ended up uh, overseeing you know, their training program for a while. Mm. And uh, the training program was very sophisticated. You know, it was a, it's a very well-run program and a very uh, incredible organization. You know, all the taxes and fees we pay and collect... Uh, end up funding a lot of our first response organizations, whether it's at the county level. You, I'm sure everybody knows their tax allocations, but I'll be specific. Mm-hmm. That sales tax and, you know, those taxes and fees that are uh, collected and paid uh, do fund local government first response and also, you know, a lot of the efforts in that we that we uh, implement in our jobs. So including 911, for instance, right? So um, 
So as I ran that training program and understood all these taxes and fees, I saw this great training job in San Luis Obispo, which is a beautiful community in the Central Coast, as you know. And so I applied and got the job. So I ended up being the director of CSTI for a period of time. And so that sort of roped me into this entire occupational area. But it was primarily uh, my job was to administer the program, right? So implement some best practices in, in training and instructional design and mm-hmm. right yeah. and of course it, it it's a premier training organization with hazmat terrorism emergency management etc mm-hmm. so we um we uh we actually i was actually in the job right after right after uh, katrina hit oh. so just as you can imagine there was a surge of funding and uh, actually a surge of need right a sure. huge surge in need to uh um, implement NIMS as an example, and uh, really work on catastrophic disaster planning, training, and exercises. So, mm. in that, in that, you know, I must have been in the job three months when all that happened, and I wow. thought, oh goodness, what's next, right? So I ended up coming back, uh, moving back to the Bay Area, and, and uh, applying for and accepting this job, which is Terrific. great. Yeah. Terrific. So yeah. you've been in this now how long? Um, wow, I've been in this job almost two years now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So there was a learning curve, I assume. Still is, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the learning curve is uh, really understanding the culture of each of the communities I serve. Every county is different. Every city is different. Anything. They all have different needs, right? I totally mean, different needs. I mean, there's, well. Industry. I mean, just ba- I mean Napa, wine, right? Yeah. So knowing, like, for instance, in the Napa earthquake, um, what we recognize is their their primary industries are tourism, and of course the the wineries and knowing that um, knowing that culture right uh, and demographics of kind of what um, the county needs and wants and and um, we can we can absolutely bring in the right solutions um, as an example I, I mentioned I work for the board of equalization right this tax administration entity so we brought board of equalization in to help um, resolve an excise tax issue I'll be so as Taxes and fees sometimes are prepaid on the volume of wine that is stored. So in order to sort of help um, relieve the business entity of a potential tax assessment because of whatever the movement of wine out of, you know, the bottom line is we we assisted with ensuring that there was no bureaucracy that would get in the way of recovery, right? I know these are weird intricacies of of public policy, but, you know, sometimes these are the things that – I don't know, can, can maybe hold up recovery, right? Permitting, right? Mm-hmm. So um, tourism, this is another interesting, uh, you know, right after the earthquake, earthquake we had uh, uh, many hotel rooms um, were canceled, right? And that's a key uh, revenue source, you know, for the county. And the revenue pays for first responders, right? And so in trying to get this economic recovery going, you know, we, need, we needed to really predict and also assist with um, – uh, getting the message out that Napa's open for business, right? Mm-hmm. Come on, go wine tasting, right? right? Support the county. Yeah. So there's there's just um, you know there's a multitude of kind of uh, solutions we bring to the table given the community needs. So there are a lot harvest. Of- oh my gosh, Sean, I forgot about the harvest. Oh, tell me about it. Oh, so in the Napa earthquake, it was right during the middle of harvest. So in that scenario, we knew there was a lot of migrant laborers. So how do we, you know, and maybe maybe temporary housing, you know? So how do we ensure? You know, that our response, you know, is um, that we're communicating with all members of the population, right? Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Are you bilingual? <laughs> I wouldn't call myself bilingual, but I can communicate a little bit in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I do you, my best. You get the help when you need it, though, right? I've got Google Translate. Oh, yes. See? See? And that's, it's the technology <laughs> thing that we've talked about. 
It is. It, if you're, if you think about the technology that these phones right here, That's which amazing. I carry two of them in my amazing. hand right here. Listen, okay. So we have two phones that I carry, and yet a lot of people don't even know how to use this beyond texting. That's a, good a lot point. of people don't know how to use use it as a phone. Oh gosh, you know, if if people could just store their contacts, <laughs> right? I would yeah. be thrilled, you yeah. know, or or take pictures of things, bef- you know, uh, how about take pictures of of uh, their real property before yeah. an earthquake hit so they could say see this crack wasn't here in the earthquake hit, right? See, you got to think outside that that home box. These amazing little little phones here were the tools phenomenal. that you can the tools that you can utilize. At 3:30 in the morning when that earthquake hit, I have to tell you I turned on my phone and I had an immediate um, I knew exactly it was a 6.0 earthquake uh, with an epicenter, you know, in the American Canyon area. It was I was shocked that I could figure out immediately where the greatest shaking was, where we should target our efforts. It was amazing. And of course my contacts are loaded with my emergency manager from Napa and my my representative in the Napa who supports Napa, right? And so how did you get that information on the epicenter besides it being oh. on your phone? But Social you... media. I, yeah. So first oh, I looked no. at Twitter and USGS and right, had already put out the the map. And I called the warning center just to verify. And they said, yep, it's a 6.0 in Napa. And, of course, with this phone, an immediate picture of the downtown area was sent to me, you know, showing that the, uh, the downtown um, – uh, the county building was impacted. So we knew right off the bat we had um, structures that had been damaged or destroyed. So we knew that they then had to set up an alternate emergency operations center uh, out of town. Wow. And it was, it was like I said, this rapid response. Yeah. And it's all... You hadn't even gotten your car keys yet. <laughs> it was like by, within <laughs> a couple minutes, right? Yeah. We had uh, we were pretty clear on what had happened. Wow. Now, now we maybe we were lucky that communications didn't go down. And we do have redundancies for that. So like wow. we have satellite phones and radios, as you know. We have low-tech and high tech but these little phones are absolutely phenomenal and don't this, underestimate them right? i am just i am still shocked at sort of uh how we can you know almost i'll say relieve the burden on the incident commander locally mm-hmm. and really get a scope and impact of what's happened so we can pre-position assets and people to support them there right we have a yeah. literally a regional picture in, in seconds and i don't i don't know of a time when we've we've had that in this in this occupation twitter you know, these, these hashtags, and, and next thing you know, we've got the crowd, you know, feeding us real-time intelligence and photos, crowdsourcing. So, so besides mm-hmm. Twitter and mm-hmm. Facebook, mm-hmm. what are some other apps that you come to rely on? Mm. Uh, Nixle is another interesting oh, yeah. app, you know, mm-hmm. that gives us um, official uh, releases. Um, a lot of counties have, you know, sign up for our alert and warning system. There's WIA, which we are a huge fan of, right? So mm-hmm. everyone should have their phones um, set up to receive these uh, wireless emergency alerts. Don't disable them. Don't disable them. Um, Of course, um, Google Earth is phenomenal, Mm -hmm. right? Google Maps and Google Earth. Um, We we know that if... uh, if a, if a street is destroyed, we'll still know the name of the street because of Google Maps. Mm-hmm. These are all free. Yeah. You know, there's um, really interesting apps uh, like PulsePoint, which I like to keep an eye on just because it's what a fascinating study, really, to see that um, somebody could need CPR and the closest um, first responder can be notified. So it's not just about calling 911 and waiting for you know, that traditional um, ambulance to come out from wherever they are. It is who is the closest certified mm-hmm. first aid CPR, you know, what if they're next door? So you, it's just, I'm shocked. It's sort of how, you know, GPS and data and technology are sort of converging into this rapid response to save lives. It's phenomenal. It is. Yeah. 
as you are, Jody. You're fabulous. You're fabulous. Yeah, I Thank can't think of much. any other apps. What do you want? I want what's in your wallet, Sean. What's in my wallet? I'll yeah. tell you. On my personal phone here, mm-hmm. I use an app called Banjo. Oh, what is it? B-A-N-J-O, just like the instrument. Mm-hmm. But what it does is you can basically tap into social media, uh, Twitter primarily, mm-hmm. but I think it'll also pull up Facebook, mm-hmm. um, postings mm-hmm. that are public that are being um, uh, sent from the area in question. So let's say, for example, mm. the Napa thing. Mm-hmm. If you got people on their phones and they're using hashtags or they're using um, anything, you know, the word Napa, mm. um, and you can type in the app Banjo, just type in Napa, California, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it'll start pulling up all kinds of social media posts from just that area. How about that? Yeah, so it's great. Yeah. So when, you know, the stuff that was going on over in, in Turkey and Syria, you can punch in certain cities and it'll pull up all the social media that's going on that's being sent out from there. I love it. I when I visit my emergency managers for the county, I do ask them, "What apps do you mm. check out?" right? Mm-hmm. Cuz there's it's evolving. It's constantly there's evolving. Always new ones. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and the ones that we may want to rely on aren't necessarily going to be the most popular ones. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of look for them and mm-hmm. you know, asking around is a great way to find oh, out the, the latest and greatest app that may help in emergency response, emergency management. Our uh, uh, our first, uh, our emergency managers in San Francisco said, hey, Jody, uh, did you know we, we have an agreement now with Airbnb and and I think it's Uber, okay. right? And yeah. so I'm like, no, tell me more about this. So, so we all know housing is uh, an issue in the Bay Area right now. Mm-hmm. And um, so if we had a situation where, you know, the earthquake maybe cause the bridge to be down or cause BART to be delayed. You've got a lot of people that'll need a place to stay overnight, right? So Airbnb uh, signed an agreement with San Francisco uh, to offer shelter for people needing right a place to stay in an emergency. And same with Uber. So if people need rides out or mm. rides around, right? So, I mean, these innovations are causing unique public-private partnerships. And, you know, I'm thrilled to watch it and, uh, of course, participate um, yeah. in exercises where, you know, we're we're – matching really need to resource. And that's really what I think technology does. If, if we can get, if, if, if technology is working in an emergency, um, of course, if it's not, we'll get it back up ASAP, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if it is, we can really rapidly match need to resource. And that's anything from donations to food to rides to shelter. Mm-hmm. So it's cool, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. It, it really Even is. in a big, in a big disaster, FEMA's, as you know, our key partner in, um, making sure that, you know, fuel and food and their logistics are phenomenal, Hmm. phenomenal as far as tracking and moving stuff in. Well, Jody Travisero, the coastal region administrator, thank you so much for doing this all over again. You're a doll for... You're fantastic. For... Fabulous. Being patient with me. I could listen to you. Oh, well, thank you. Did the lights go out on us? It kind of looks like it out there. It's kind of quiet. It is kind of dark. We have no windows in this room, but there is a a blind that leads to a hallway, and it's mighty dark. But you know what we have to do first, though, before you leave? We have to do a selfie. So you need to come over here. Bring your microphone and your headphones with you. And we're going to do a selfie while we're on the air here, okay? So I'll try to do this and still look decent here. How are we going to do this? Okay, here we go. Ready? There we go. Perfect. Cheers. Cheers. So we have a list of links to the apps Jody just talked about on our podcast blog page. 
so you can take a look and see if there's something you might be able to utilize. Thanks for tuning in, and be sure to subscribe to All Hazards so you don't miss a single episode. So till next time, I'm Sean Boyd. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.